again, movie fans. It's time for another rousing and enlightening edition of Chris and Matt write a blockbuster. The paradigm-shifting, uh, format-destroying, podcast-reinventing event of the, well, this year and the next year and, you know. Yeah, you can kind of think of this as the serial of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not the not of of course not the serial podcast, but no, like the but, breakfast serial yeah, podcast. The way exactly. that serial such as Reese's Puff cereal reinvented <laughs> breakfast. We're the yes. Reese's Puff cereal. We are like kind of how candy like, for uh, breakfast. That's what you're going to be saying when you yeah. when you eat this podcast up. Kind of like uh, script writing for podcasts. Kind of like how Oops All Berries reinvented Captain Crunch by getting and rid accidents. of the cats. Yeah, it's true. It, it reinvented also, accidents, meaning that accidents could suddenly be good. Yeah, there could be this uh, to coin a phrase, "happy accidents." Uh, yeah, after, that's where that's where "happy accident" came from. Yep, the ingredients of "oops all berries" is just reads "happy accidents." Yeah, it was just all berries, which was happy because nobody liked the actual Captain Crunch cereal because it had a weird taste and cut up the roof of your mouth. But you give it. Let that me ask cereal. you a question about Captain Crunch. Please okay. do. So Captain Crunch is both mm-hmm. a cereal and a man. Mm-hmm. When we're eating Captain Crunch, are we eating pieces of his body? Um, sort of like a Christ-like situation? Yes. In a Christ-like way, yes. It's sort of, I mean, like, so if you have a Catholic ideology about it, then we are eating the literal body of uh, Captain Crunch. If it's more of like mm-hmm. a pro, if it's more of like a process take than a symbolism, that we don't, mm-hmm. you know, transubstantiate the Captain Crunch pieces into the... Body. Uh, I mean, and again, I guess you'd have to have some sort of like naval officer bless your Captain Crunch in order to like you know turn these cereal pieces into the actual um, body of Captain Crunch. As my understanding is of the sort of like theology behind uh, Captain Crunch and cereals in general. Mm-hmm. 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 And uh, I mean, as we all know, uh, Captain Crunch's real name is uh, what is it like Horatio? It's Horatio Mag- something. Uh, Horatio Mag- Magellan Crunch. Something like that. It's Horatio something. I know that much for sure. I was trying to think now, of it he, too. Is he? Uh, it's it's Horatio Magellan. Really? H <laughs> M Crunch. Yeah. Uh, Man. And his his ship is named the SS Guppy. Now, let me <laughs> ask you: Is is what 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 army or what navy does he sail for? Um, my guess. I'm assuming is, he's an he's an he's a he's some sort of militarized force. I, I think he's a privateer, which is to say. A pirate Wait, who has... Pri- he's not a private. No, a privateer was like a, a pirate who oh, was sort of ordained. Who's that? Say, he shows some respect. He's a captain. Yeah, no, he's a captain. Definitely. But he's like 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 how like uh, Sir Francis Drake, he was a pirate, but then like the queen loved him, so she made him a privateer, which means he's basically like a government-sanctioned pirate on behalf of, you know, the uh, English crown. Like Captain Crunch is like out there sailing <laughs> so at... Do you think the Captain Crunch is just an honorary captain? No, he's. I mean, he's a captain of a ship. He's not like a. I don't think he's a military captain. I think he's like mm-hmm. a ship's captain. Like I mean, like you know, uh, the captain on uh, Gilligan's Island. That dude was in the military. I mean, you know, but he was still like you know the skipper. He wasn't of a, ship. a captain. He was a skipper. But I feel like that's because he was like a colloquial, jovial guy in many ways. You know, although he wasn't actually that jovial. That's a mean skippers. He's always hitting Gilligan over the head with his hat. Which is not very yeah. jovial at all. And then I assume he's, he's trying to assaulting his employees. Yeah, 
and you know, uh, presumably trying to have sex with Ginger and Marianne. I have to assume. I mean, they're on mm-hmm. a. They're, I mean, I don't think he. I mean, they're on a deserted island. Well, they're, they're on like an island. They're away from civilization. Mrs. Howell's taken old lovey. She's got her husband there. But you know, the professor and don't Gilligan. Like, I don't like where this line of reasoning is headed. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying anything like sorted happened. They're just, you know, consenting adults on an island, you know, trying to pass the time when, you know, professors off making, trying to make like coconut radio so they can listen to the radio. You know, mm-hmm. before that happens, what are they going to do? But, you know, uh, bone down a bit. I mean, like, you know, just like be like, hey, listen, what, we let's, you know, drink some like alcohol or something made out of whatever. And then like, you know, and then, you know, when the Harlem Globetrotters showed up, oh, man. They just probably, you know, like... Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> Let me ask you a quick question. Let me ask you a quick question. Is this a podcast about your Gilligan Island slash fiction, or is this a different kind of podcast? Well, I believe... Uh, now, I'm no expert, but I believe slash fiction is solely uh, homosexual relationships. I'm not completely I don't think certain. That that's... I, I don't think is that's it, is true, it, but maybe. It may be... I, I, I feel like... I, I may be uh, incorrect on that, I, but I feel like um, maybe it's just all... I feel it's it's definitely the no. That's just, it's just, it's just interpersonal between fictional character. Oh no, of the mm-hmm. same sex. So if we're talking about if we're talking about Marianne on Ginger, then yeah, it's slash. Yes. Fiction, talking about if you're talking about Skipper <laughs> on Gilligan slash fiction. Yeah. We're just talking about sexual fan fiction, and I apologize yeah. to yeah. everyone uh, in the world. I'm sorry to myself first and foremost <laughs> to. Uh, writers of slash fiction. I'm sorry to my father, my mother. Uh, are both big Chris, slash of course, fiction I'm, writers. I'm, I'm sorry to you, mm-hmm. an aspiring sexual <laughs> fan fiction writer. And well, um, what? Yeah, it's like when I was yeah. uh, writing those um, Three's Company slash fix where um, the two roommates were going at it while Jack. Uh, uh, cranked it. Don't, uh, don't, oh, just cranked. Let me just well, say, he uh, jacked <laughs> off. <laughs> what is his Jack? It was it was too um, clumsy to word it that way. So it's like if um I was writing about um that character crankshaft. I think at a comic strip. I think it was a comic strip character. If I was talking about mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. masturbating, I talk about him jacking it because I said crankshaft was cranking it. That's too many cranks in one thing. You gotta you know. Be careful about your word usage. Anyway, this is Chris and Matt writing a blockbuster where we were writing a blockbuster movie, a huge action hit called Seth Christ Ballistic Reckoning. We're chronicling the process on this podcast. And furthermore, Matt did say that my name is Chris, which is true. And now I've said his name is Matt. So you know who's Chris and who's Matt in the title. And you know the movie. You know the blockbuster. It's Seth Christ colon Ballistic Reckoning. And we are continuing the process of writing this movie, which is going great so far. We definitely mm-hmm. uh, know exactly what we're doing, and we aren't forgetting what we just did in previous episodes, and nope. everything is going great. And so the process of writing the script will be continuing with uh, this episode. Uh, we're recording right here, right now. Like that song, right here, right... Ooh, let's get that band on the soundtrack. Okay. Okay, so we... Uh... We're leaving uh, Seth and Dasha, who are at their new safe house, mm-hmm. and over, uh, you know, kind of like one of those 
those like trans uh, transitional sh- transition cuts where the mm-hmm. soundtrack kind of bleeds over into the next one. We hear right here, right <laughs> now, and we land in a new location, FBI headquarters, mm-hmm. and we see a radio that's playing that song. Yeah, and it's... who turns off the radio? None other than what's her face since herself, <laughs> Jane Doe. Yeah, who is in the movie. Uh... Briefly, yes, briefly. who played is by, in the movie. <laughs> played by Amanda Plummer, as, well, ideally, you know, it's our uh, dream casting no, that a... we've laid out. You know, if we can get her, you know, fingers crossed, she'll be available to play the role of Jane Doe. Of course, and people have, you know, if this is your first episode, of course, Doe is spelled D-O-U-G-H. Uh, if you just forgot mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. she even existed, because she's, well, yeah, obviously she works for the FBI. She previously in the film was um, working as a mole in the WBA. Went to the CIA mm-hmm. with their information for some reason, but namely Ducky Darns, and then like was followed. Ducky got killed in part because of that. Things went crazy and got out of hand, but now she's back at all the way at FBI headquarters, which yeah, I believe... Yeah, she's back at Quantico. <laughs> yeah, she's back. No, isn't that the CIA, Quantico? Is it I'm both? I'm sure it's the FBI. Man, Maybe they share too much looking up. Go. We'll get to that later. Like, We're going to do like an episode a, on they're like They're like in a strip mall. It's like there's CIA... There's the FBI. There's a Thai restaurant. There's a like mm-hmm. a Fantastic Sam's. Laundromat. A laundromat. It's all there. A laundromat. <laughs> yep. Uh, a laundro. A CBD morning. emporium. Yeah. Um. Uh, a uh, cash for gold place. A uh, check cashing sort of a place. And of course, um, a place where you can get um, e-cigarette juice or whatever. Um, yeah, and I vape life. Yeah. Get that, you know, it's so like if you're a vaping FBI agent, you don't even have to live, leave your, you know, uh, strip mall that you're in. Uh, so, anyway. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, she's Jane a Doe, quantico off radio. in the strip mall. So, uh, she turns off the radio and someone knocks on the door and they say, uh, Miss Doe. And she says, uh, that's Doe with a O-U-G-H, <laughs> not Doe, D-O-E. And uh, her assistant, Carol, says, mm-hmm. sorry, and she goes, oh, I'm sorry, actually. I'm just so sad ever since uh, my partner, Ducky, died. And also Ooh, I ran out of now. vape juice. And <laughs> she goes, uh, do yes. you want me to run down to the vape place for you? Yes. And then she says, she said sure. I would. Can you get me some of that raspberry vape juice? I like yeah. that kind. And Carol says, sure, but first you have to see this file. This file's yeah. got some deep information that you're going to want to see. Mm-hmm. And, and then, uh, Jane Doe says, fine. Mm-hmm. And then she gets the um, file put down. And also, I think this may be one end up being one of the first major, huge blockbuster films where one of the you know heroes, the protagonists that people root for, uh, vapes. So I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> yeah, something. Well, no, I think Deadpool vapes. Oh, does he? Uh, maybe in the second one. I haven't seen the first Deadpool. Oh, I've only seen the first Deadpool. I haven't seen the second one. Uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, I've seen both of them. There's no scene where you see oh. Deadpool vaping, but I'm sure he vapes. Yeah. You know what? I, who probably vapes in those movies is uh, T.J. Miller's character. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Whatever that guy's name is, he got some weird name. He runs. A, he runs a bar where they take. Yeah. Um, they have a Deadpool. Uh, yeah. That's how you come up with the name Deadpool. Anyway, yep. enough about T.J. Miller. And <laughs> yeah. on to this episode. Yep. On to this episode. T.J. Miller does not have a role in this film. Although, I mean, if he's willing to work for scale. We can always no. uh, try. No, I mean, if he's always the contract. Always so the contract, <laughs> no, he's not in the movie. 
<laughs> well, I mean, if he's, well, I mean, we still haven't cast the role of dipshit McGillicuddy yet. If he's willing to work for yep, scale, it's not gonna be him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna cast a cartoon duck before I uh, cast him. Okay, and I'm in charge, baby. <laughs> uh, all right. I thought it was a well. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast Huey, Dewey, and Louie all ooh, standing on each from other's the, shoulders from the new while wearing of like a giant muscle suit. From the new version of Ducktales, with a voice by um, Ben Schwartz, Bobby Moynihan, and somebody else who I can't remember off the top of my head, Danny Pudi. Yep, that's it. Great. We will get all three of them uh, to voice the character of uh, Dipshit McGillicuddy, yep, who will be himself. <laughs> yep, Danny Pudi, the drunk uncle himself. <laughs> yep. Danny Pudi, the great classic Danny Pudi rules. Uh, yeah, Danny Pudi, the drunk uncle. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Jane Doe, she's uh, you know she flips over to the she flips into the file that's been delivered to her because she's of course like the leading the FBI investigation into um, the mm-hmm. WNBA, but her cover's been. Well, she got the information. She finds out what we just found out that the WNBA has successfully killed Harvey Dent and the president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they're really they're really hammering down and Ducky Darts. Yeah, they yeah, are. So, uh, Jane Doe didn't hear this on the news, and no one told her. She's just <laughs> finding this out for the first time. Yeah. She's looking through the file, and it says things like "President dead," "Harvey yeah. Dent, a real person, and also dead." It's, and she's yeah. also she's also reading a newspaper headline that reads "Seth Christ and Dasha Slayer escape." <laughs> yeah. Right, just to catch not... everyone up, just to catch everyone up as to what's going I mean, on. That's also, not probably... bad guys vow revenge. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh man, this this thing is getting like crazy. The shit's um, getting real." She says, "Oh man, I need my vape juice." Yeah, she's saying shit just got real because it's a PG thirteen movie. She can say shit. You know, we that's need to have more. We well, no, you can have more than one shit. You can shit uh, till the cows come home. You can't. Yeah, say you only should have you... twice a day. You can only say fuck once in a non-sexual context, but mm. I feel like there's no How many no times can you lim- say it in a sexual context? <laughs> uh, uh, zero in a PG-13 movie, as far as God I know. Damn it. Yeah. But in an R-rated movie, go to town. Uh, also, mm. uh, we may not be able to show Jane Doe actually vaping, because that may make this have to be an R-rated movie as well, because they're very... Well, here's what we'll do. We'll show the outside of her door with the door slightly ajar, and we'll see a plume of smoke just come out mm-hmm. from the door. And then her assistant will walk by and say, "That's whoever that is." Yep. That's you know what I mean. That's our uh, Jane Doe. But instead of Jane Doe, because we don't want to endorse vaping, she'll say, "That's our whoever that is." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that's she's how you get looking, around the sense. Yeah. That's what we call getting around the censor. That's mm-hmm. a little industry lingo that you pick up on a magic eight ball, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So she looks through this file. This Jane Doe looks through the file. She sees a photo of Seth Christ, and this will will linger on her lingering on the photo a bit because obviously, you know, there's going to be something between yeah. them in the future. So just a moment mm-hmm. of her getting like a real good look at his photo. She, I mean, even, yeah. if he's, even if he's with Dasha Slayer, it's like, you know, at the time, it's like, she just look at the photo. She's got a lingering feeling. It's like, it's like, ooh, we'll linger on this. Maybe a little music cue. Maybe we'll do like a, that, you know, that scene in a Wayne's World where um, Garth imagines himself uh, lip syncing to Foxy Lady in order to impress uh, the 
the the waitress's dream woman at the uh, Stan McHugh's Donuts. Mm-hmm. We can maybe do that scene. Um, yeah, we'll do something like that. Yeah. But instead of being or maybe we'll do she'll look at the picture and uh, she'll uh, throw the picture away and do a little dance number lip syncing to Foxy Woman or Foxy <laughs> yeah. Lady yeah uh, yeah and then like you know do the little like ear thing like Dana Carvey yeah. does as Garth just like just like Garth yeah it'd be great I feel like I mean more movie characters should act like Garth uh, in general mm-hmm. they should have uh, a licorice so, um, robot yeah. dispenser at the top so of the So anyway, she, she goes back to looking at this picture and just goes, shwing. <laughs> She'd, he'd give a dog a bone. <laughs> if he was president, yeah, he'd be Abraham Lincoln. They'd call him uh, female body inspector, and he could yeah. inspect my female yeah. body anytime. <laughs> If he was president, he'd be Abraham Lincoln uh, and other. We gotta think of our own. Jo- we gotta think of our own jokes. <laughs> Fine. If he was president, if he was um, uh, if he was FBI director, he would be called Lay Edgar Banger. If he was an Oscar-winning actor, he'd be F. Murray Babraham. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh wait. You could do Babe Edgar Hoover. Yeah, Bay Edgar Hoover. Yeah, so or we'll Bay, do about Bay Edgar Hoover. We'll updated. do about like twenty or thirty uh, of these in the movie, and yeah. then and then that'll kill some time. <laughs> if this person were an uh, Oscar-nominated film about a pig. His name would be Babe. Yeah, if they were a baseball player, they'd be Babe Ruth. If they were a candy bar, they'd be Babe E. Ruth. Um, if, if they were a sequel to an Oscar-winning film about a pig, his name would be Babe Two, Big in the City. If they were a seventies, uh, uh, if he was a seventies um, sitcom star, he'd be Babe Kaplan. Um, um, if they were uh, a, a hit song by Sonny and Cher, they'd be named "I've Got You, Babe." If yeah, if he if uh, he was a par- uh, part of the female anatomy, he'd be a uh, Baby a Majora. And uh, if. Um, if uh, Ern, if his name was Gabe, it would be Babe. Yeah. Uh, basically, it'll be like uh, one of those short-form improv line games for about twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. We're so, yeah. you know, gonna into some comedy sports real quick, and then we'll yeah. jump out of comedy sports real quick, and we'll go back to yeah. Movie. And then yeah, so, then yeah. So anyway, she's like, I gotta, I gotta leave this room now, and so mm-hmm. she leaves the room and yeah. starts. Walking down the hallway, and she knocks on the door that says FBI director, mm-hmm. Babe Edgar Hoover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She opens the door, and she says, listen, babe, I want a reassignment, and throws the papers on the desk. And and he stands up with a cigar in his mouth, and he says, Carol! Give me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, give me pictures of Spider-Man. And, of course, J.K. Simmons will be cast in the role. And we'll, yeah, and, of course, if uh, J. Jonah Jameson was uh, Zach Efron, in this case, his name would be Babe Boner Babison. Yep, most definitely. <laughs> and she goes, I'll get you a picture of Spider-Man after we're done thwarting the... <laughs> yeah, well, back on this case, it'll be like, it'll be like listen... Your cover was blown. You did a great job. You infiltrated the WNBA, but your cover was blown. The Ducky Downs, the CIA is dead. The president is dead. The vice president, who we established in a previous part of this movie, but the writers of this movie forgot who they cast in the role. So, but so we can't mention him by name right now. But you know, you know, they're they're now the president. Things are crazy. We can't have you back on the case. You you had your chance. You blew it. She's like, come on, chief. Give me one more chance, uh, you know. 
just like, you know, if you let me back on the case, I won't go back undercover. I'm going to contact CIA operative Seth Christ. He and Dasha Slayer of the Royal Mounted Canadian Police, they're working on the case. They've almost got it cracked. They've got it, you know, that, or and what are you talking about? Almost got it cracked. They were almost just killed and exploded at the president's die. They've not really done anything at this point in terms of solving the case. She goes, Chief, please, just let me do this. If I fail this case, you can put me on Spider-Man duty for the rest of my career. <laughs> and he's like, you have yourself a deal, doe. And they shake hands. And he goes back to uh, chopping a cigar and he opens up his uh, Daily Bugle and goes, Spider-Man's a menace. And then she leaves the office. She's feeling triumphant. So she leaves the office and web slings away. That's right. Jane Doe is Spider-Man. But shh. Yeah, that, that's not going to come back. Yeah, that's not going to come back up in the movie. true believers. Yeah. She's a real Spider Gwen. Only her name is Jane, not Gwen. Yeah, she's she's a real Peter Jane. Porker. She's a real Peter Porker. <laughs> yeah. So a good old Spider Pig, as voiced by Jabu Lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we've got to plug one a... of the many. This this uh, this movie actually takes place in one of the many Spider Verses. Yeah. Although he sh- he should really be playing a, a like a Spider Cow since his name is John Mulaney. You know, John Mulaney is Spider Cow. His Cal. name isn't John Mulaney in the movie, and also his name is John Mulaney. <laughs> John Mulati. He can play uh, yeah. Mulan <laughs> as Spider Man. <laughs> what, oh, what, what if Mulan was Spider Man? That should be our next movie. We were after we finished up Christ's Ballistic Reckoning. What and if we're... Mulan was Spider Man <laughs> Spider Mulan? Yeah, when we're like multi millionaire, like. Why don't we just throw this movie away and start writing Spider Mulan? <laughs> because we have to have our cachet in Hollywood first. We gotta yeah, write this yeah, movie. the next one we get made immediately. Yeah, we basically like greenlighted ourselves. It's like, check it out Spider Mulan. They'll say, this is coming from the guys who wrote um, Seth Christ's Ballistic Reckoning, the hit of the summer, the first like original hit movie in like a decade or something that doesn't involve existing, you know, intellectual property. You want to explain well, Go for it. And then that'll be like a big hit movie. But first we have to make this a big hit movie. And then like Jane Doe, she's walking. She's, you know, going down the hallway. Carol runs up and says, I got your e-juice. And she goes, thanks, Carol. I'm going back out to Los Angeles to take down the WNBA. So pack my bags. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going back to Los Angeles. And then Brandy Newman's I Love LA will play. And we'll do a montage yeah. of Los Angeles of like, you know, like, you know, the Hollywood sign and the beaches. And all this stuff that ostensibly could have been done earlier in the movie, uh, since it's been yeah. all set up, <laughs> set up Los Angeles. Yeah, the you location know, that's been in place for most <laughs> of the movie. Now we're gonna really establish where yeah. they are, and then we'll see the plane land, and we'll see her get off the plane with a little bit of like zinc oxide in her nose because of the sun. She'll be like, uh, "It's good to be back." And then she'll be like, and then and then Ace Frehley's back in the New York groove place. <laughs> Yep, and then uh, that'll just uh, There's a montage be... <laughs> of New York. <laughs> yeah, because even though I don't know how much time we spent there, because we were just in Washington D.C., but there's not really songs about D.C., so we'll just play a New York song because it's close enough. And then we'll go back to Los, and then we'll show um, Jane Doe checking into uh, like an FBI hotel, like a secret FBI yeah. hotel, and then she'll be like, "All right." She'll put up like one of those like um, conspiracy boards like with all these pictures mm-hmm. of stuff like of like Seth Christ and of like you know Rip Torn and the dead yep. president and all these various sort of things. And then a poster for the movie Dead Presidents. Yep. 
and she'd be like, it's time to get back on the case. First step, contacting Seth Christ, and then she'll, like, you know, circle his photo or something, and then, like, you know, that'll be where the scene ends, or, like, you know, this... Wait, no, oh, there's one more thing no, that happens. One more thing that happens, okay. Yeah, so there's a knock on the door, and she opens it, and there's a bellboy, and he says, phone for you... And he hands her a phone on a platter, yep. and she answers it, and it's uh, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> I mean, uh, Babe Edgar Hoover. And yep. he says, uh, I've changed my mind. You still have to send me a picture of Spider-Man. And we fade out. Yeah. <laughs> and then fade back up later for, you know, the next, you know, it'll be like a womp womp, sort of like it's like a comedic moment before, obviously, yeah. things are going to get serious again because... Shit's really getting yeah, she looks, real. She looks at the ca- we we hear like and she looks at the she looks at the camera and shrugs her arms. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Indeed. And then so that will uh, happen. And so that's gonna be like and that's like where we'll leave the plot for now on that uh, high note of uh, a comedy sort of um, thing or what have you. Uh, so that's good. Jane Doe's you know real. Uh, part of the movie now, so we got that going on, and uh, everything's great in the world of Seth Christ's Ballistic Reckoning, at least from a storytelling perspective, this movie is going to be real and in the cash, we got everything I mean, this is a movie that has Harvey Dent and Spider-Man in it, and <laughs> has the stunt casting of Paul Anka as the president I mean, in addition to being a great script, obviously, but we also have all this, like, you know, this is like, just like the little, this is like the, um um, uh, like, uh... The little engine that could. Yeah, I was just saying it's like the, like, you know, uh, whipped cream on top of, like, a pie or something, but it's also, like, the little, little engine that could, that we think we can write a multi-million dollar blockbuster, and we can. We're doing it right now. There, ipso facto. Uh, or, mm-hmm. uh, if it was a movie starring Dom DeLuise, ipso fatso. Because he did, he did a movie called Fatso. And, uh... Okay, I'm just hoping you're not body shaming, uh... No. Uh, it's it's, it's actually Louis. no, uh, not actually laid down. Now we see that's an actual movie he did. That's actually sort of like a more dramatic, sort of serious thing, like sort of dealing with like you know, sort of like his sort of like image in Hollywood and the sort of roles and things he got. It's uh, you know, he's not he's more than just the guy who was uh, laughing at Burt Reynolds in the uh, end credit bloopers of Cannonball Run movies. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also. A guy who was uh, in um, a little other stuff. But yeah, so uh, let's... So that's all we got for yeah. today, I guess. We, we just have to do, like, you know, plugging sort of things. This podcast that you're listening to right now, it's available all over the internet, all the places you can find a podcast. Stitcher, yeah. uh, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, there's an RSS feed, Google Play, all these um, crumb-believable things. Um, so you can listen to this podcast wherever you want. You can subscribe wherever you want. You can like rate it. You can do what you know, leave That's what comments. this country's all about. Mm-hmm. It's about rating podcasts. We're subscribing to something, rating podcasts, and leaving reviews. Yeah, please do. Uh, you can uh, email the podcast at chrismattpodcast at gmail.com or tweet the podcast at CNM, write a B. Or if you don't want to uh, tweet the podcast, you can tweet us individually. I'm at chrismorgan. I'm at M. Shimkowitz. And, you know, um, you know, if you're like a Hollywood mm. person out there and you're, you're listening to things in this whole podcast and you're like, ooh, I want to, you know, 
get in with these guys before they're too big to they're huge stars yeah. if you if you're like an agent at you know UTA or CAA mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. um the um uh, UTA Gersh or TWA yeah if you're uh, yeah or um the uh MBTA or you know uh whatever like you know you know or if uh, you want to or if you're looking to buy a movie and you don't feel like reading yeah and you don't uh, care about like what's gonna happen the rest of the like you can literally hear this podcast, you know, um, hit us up, pay us money for it, you know, get in early before like somebody else gets to it. And the movie's not gonna be not finished yet, but you know where it's going. And you know it's gonna be good. I mean, uh, you know, it's got a little bit of everything. So um, yeah, Hollywood, you know, get at us before you know. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't you know FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh, but yeah, so that's going to be it for this episode of Chris and Matt Right of Blockbuster. Uh, next time, we'll be back with episode 13. Uh, maybe Jason Voorhees is going to end up in the film, perhaps. You know, you never know. Uh, I mean, Spider-Man's in it. You might as well have Jason Voorhees in it once that happens. But, I mean, yeah. Those yep. two titans of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right, so uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, movie fans. Oh, also, we're on Gabber Media Podcast. Bye, movie fans. <laughs> <laughs>